0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Hi, my name is Mike. I was looking for your
1: take on the company Palantir.
0: And provides unbiased answers.
1: All right, well, this is Palantir Technologies. This is one of the recent hyped IPOs, a $40 billion market cap today, down 51.8% from its 52-week high of $45 a share.
0: Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting.
1: I just started
2: listening to Invest Talk a couple of weeks ago and I really enjoyed what I've been learning. Is there a particular search engine that you guys use?
0: Your participation makes
3: it unique.
0: 888
3: 99 Sharp. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President kpp financial independent thinking shared success and now today's podcast
1: good afternoon fellow investors and welcome to invest talk this is our tuesday july 27th 2021 edition of invest talk and as we move through the summer i'm going to be with you each and every way and each and every day (laughs) to help guide you through this volatile times. So we saw a lot of that volatility today. And I'm going to operate on today's program and podcast with my usual mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. So uh, I'm going to use my 20 plus years of investment experience and the data that I have in front of me to give you proper perspective, the the pros and the cons of different strategies, different stocks, different sectors, etc. cetera. Uh, and that's, that's my job is to unpack it all for you so you can make a sound decision. I'll give my opinion. I'm never right 100% of the time. Anyone who is, uh, is lying to you. Uh, but I do, have, uh, I do have some skin in the game. I have some perspective and experience that hopefully can help you make good decisions with your money, both uh, on the saving side as well as spending and investing. As well, obviously we talk about investing, but the savings is important as well. So I'm Justin Klein, and I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape this show, and that's why I encourage you to interact with us right now during our live stream program, four to five Pacific time, or you can leave a question on our anytime InvestTalk Voice Bank if you're listening after hours. No big deal. Either way the number never changes 88899 chart 8889924278 now let's kick things off with a live call this is don from pleasant pleasant hill looking at abv
4: well actually but, but before we go there um, i lately you guys have gotten a few calls about uh, a playboy complaining hey how come it's not doing so so great and stuff uh, the one thing I'd like to point out to those listeners is a couple things. First of all, it was an IPO back in September, mm-hmm. and so this is still an IPO. And what do you use? What do you usually say about IPOs? You know, don't invest them. And then also make sure that you, you do your own homework, um, because I'm looking forward to buying Playboy, just not right now. I'm, I, I want it to be on the going for a while longer. Anyway, yeah. Well, um, let me, yeah, let me, let me address that is, before
1: you get to your question, because uh, yes, first yes. off, Playboy was actually a SPAC. Uh, so it came public as a SPAC. So a little bit different than an IPO. Uh, we purchased, for, purchased it for clients uh, before, actually the day before uh, it actually de spac and changed its uh, its ticker symbol. Uh, and with any of these these names that uh, have a longer term uh, plan, you're always going to have volatility. Uh, especially smaller cap names, and you have, to be, you have to expect that volatility. And you have to know that uh, just because you, you see the gains in the near term, and a lot of people saw that in March and February when it went from the teens all the way to 50 $60 a share, they're chasing those returns. And you have to be disciplined to understand that uh, the volatil- You have to expect volatility, and you buy the dips. You buy into this if your thesis remains the same, which it does for us. And so, I actually think this is a fantastic time. After it's gone down, you know, about forty-five uh, percent so or so from its high, this is a good time to to be to be buying. So uh, that's just my general sense. But you want to talk about Avi? Uh, let's get to that. And Abby uh, uh, is, uh, uh, are you looking to buy it? Do you own it? So let's well, start there. Okay, yeah.
4: Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a, a dividend balanced portfolio. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm sitting with about a half a position of ABBV. And the question I have is okay, I need to either add more, it's overpriced right now. And so I need, <laughs> you need to either add more or simply take my profit and put uh, like a Merck in or something like that what in general what do you do in a situation like like this if you're sitting there saying hey i i have to add to this position or do something with it to balance this portfolio
1: well why do you say you need to add to it why is it why can't you leave it the same what's you're saying what, you either add to it or cut it why why not just leave it the way it is well
4: um it, and and I'm working on a balanced portfolio. I'm I'm retired. What can I say? And and so it's uh, 3% uh, in in each position. Okay. And so in this position, I'm holding about half of it. And I'm looking saying, okay, well, I want to round out this position. I see. I can always add something else, of course. Uh, But I was just trying to... You know, just do – I'm playing the game with myself here, yeah. and Abib is overpriced, in my opinion. Um, I'm loving it, uh, but, you know, hey, I can sell it now and go in something cheap like a, a Merck. Does, does that is do you think along those lines when, when you look at a portfolio –
1: well, the, your, what you're doing Far is looking much. at your asset allocation target. And that's what we do as well. We have that uh, with okay. our different strategy, our, diff- our different portfolios. We say we want uh, 3% in this position, 2% in this, 4% in that. Five, You know, we keep it kind of in that 2 yeah. to to 5% range on average. And yeah. uh, we might up our, our uh, allocation from 2 to 3 in, in a certain uh, instance because uh, maybe we like the name even more than we did before. Uh, or maybe uh, we just downgrade other parts of the portfolio and want to up this side, uh, based on the economic backdrop, uh, that we see and we want to increase this sector, that type of thing. Uh, so what you're doing is what a lot of professionals do. Uh, now you have to decide, like you said, it was, Should you up your allocation to AbbVie to that 3% and is now a good time? Now, technically, on a technical basis, it looks perfectly fine. It's above all the major moving averages. Uh, They're all pointing up. So it is in a solid uptrend. And if you look at uh, the the metrics for valuation, it's at about 19 times enterprise value to EBITDA, which historically – is a little bit on the high end of its uh, of its range. It tends to trade closer to 15 ish times enterprise value to EBITDA. So it's probably about 15 uh, to 20 percent above its kind of long term average when you're looking at that particular metric. When you look at enterprise value to revenue, uh, it's kind of similar. Uh, that's trading at about five times historically. That's closer to maybe four and a half. So uh, in that case, once again, another kind of 10 to 15 percent overvaluation on that metric. So those are just kind of places to start. Uh, they did recently buy Allergan. That's been a good acquisition for them. Their cash flow is very strong. Uh, they're paying down debt and, and and right-sizing their balance sheet. So I think that's a smart move as well. So I, I would be looking for opportunities to add to this position. I would not be eliminating it. Uh, and technically, it does look fine. Now, could you get more volatility in the back half of the year as uh, the markets kind of uh, churn, figuring out the next move of the economy? Absolutely. Um, but that's what I would be doing i'd be looking for a dip closer to uh b- bigger support probably in the 110 level now we're at 118 that's where i would be adding uh, to add because i think the fundamentals are fine, it is a, sl- a bit overvalued, but not dramatically uh, and it's a good name that is churning out consistent cash flow and profits and dividends. Uh, that nice four point, what are we at 4.4 4 currently? And I think that's uh, sustainable, especially with the cash flow that they're delivering. So uh, I would be adding to it I would not be I would not be trying to eliminate it if you're looking for a solid dividend pair. Thanks for the call. Now my focus point today poses this question: If retirement is looming, where should you keep your money? Now, as you approach your non-working years, it's crucial to make sure you've got a clear plan on how you can afford to live on a fixed income and how your cash is invested. So we're going to unpack that kind of planning process in, for pre-retirees, retirees, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and mo- most of you are probably either in that phase or at some point you're going to face it. Uh, we do have some well-retired listeners as well, but uh, that's certainly a smaller subsection uh, of our listeners. So I think a lot of people will get uh, something out of this. Also, I want to unpack how do you pay down your mortgage faster? and uh, What are some little strategies? There's a lot of little things that you can do that's not going to cost you much more in cash flow and payments. Uh, there's things you can do that don't cost you any more to, to reduce that that mortgage and get it paid off a bit quicker. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. Uh, also, Chinese tech stocks, they're selling off dramatically. There's some down 90% from its high back in February. And this is a, a, a stark shift in the equity markets over there uh, in the second largest economy in the world, so we're going to uh, unpack that. And then, lastly, the Biden administration is do is is trying to take some steps to, in some cases, reverse Trump administration efforts on uh, employee rights and and uh, getting them to uh, get paid more. Uh, in other instances, they're working to implement their own new rules. And what do those look like? What could how could that affect? corporate profits over the medium and long term as well so that's what i'm going to discuss but ultimately I want to know what is on your mind. That's most important, as always. Now, let's touch on, let's see, we're going to go to the market right now. You had the S&P down about 20 points, half a percent down day there. The NASDAQ, that was down 180 points. Decidedly weak day on piggybacking on the weakness you're seeing, especially in the tech space in China. You you saw that weakness here uh, today. Down 180, that's a little over about one, one and a quarter percent You had small-cap growth really, really underperforming uh, today on average down 1.42%. Large and mid-cap value, slight upticks uh, on that side of the ledger if you're looking at kind of the Morningstar-style boxes, and those are always uh, interesting to look at that uh, over at Morningstar.com. That's a great one. And so – uh, it just gives you a, a sense of where the market was today and where things moved. And the Russell, that was down 25 points a little over 1%. So decidedly weekday in the markets. And we're gonna try to unpack all of this throughout the day as you get as your calls roll in. And we're heading into a quick break. And Carl from Oceanside, hang on. You're going to be next on Invest Talk at 888.99 chart.
0: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So, how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk-alized quiz.
1: Let's go to Carl in Oceanside looking at Sunrun. If you owner looking to buy it. I
4: sold short that solar stock Run. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I want to know what you think about Run.
1: Uh, I think it's a pretty good short. You have enterprise value to revenue at 15 times. That's even after it's come all the way down from a 52 week high of $100.93. It's down 50% from that level, trading now at 49, spot 59. And now, it did find a little support here in the, the mid-40s and gotten a decent bounce. Uh, but I do think this is a, a downtrend to get these type of solar stocks back down to reasonable valuations. They're, still, they're losing money. Uh, they, they made money in 2019. That's a positive. But only $0.21. Cents, and that was down from $0.87 cents in 2016. So uh, certainly wildly... Uh, I would say unprofitable, issuing a lot of shares, diluting shareholders. You have shares outstanding going from, let's see, scroll up here, 79 million shares in twenty, uh, sorry, 2015, 55 million shares, now at 160 million shares. So continue to dilute shareholders over that time. And so I think this is a pretty good short. I would just have uh, an, an out, uh, and that's probably above last month's high. Last month's high, which would be uh, about sixty bucks. If it closes above that, that's when I would think about covering your short. But uh, for now, I would hold on to it. I I sold short at forty nine. Forty nine, okay, right, kind of where it's at now. So, like I said, I would have that out right around that sixty dollar level, uh, which is also coincidentally currently the two hundred day moving average. If it closes above that, then that longer term trend may be reversing. Uh, back up. So far, this just looks like a, uh, a counter trend rally that will probably be sold, especially when you look at the fundamentals, the valuation, uh, the lack of cash flow, and the continuing issuing of shares. So uh, I like the short. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Your goal of financial freedom will require the right information and effective strategies. And that's why we are here. To help you in any way you can, we can, and we're taking your calls live at 99 Chart.
0: It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Justin Klein is here today taking your calls live. How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART.
1: Now, my focus point today poses this question. If retirement is looming, where should you keep your money? Now, uh, there's different buckets that you have to think about in most parts of your life or most times in your life, but especially getting right near retirement and You need to have a clear path on how you can afford to live on a potential fixed income and understand where that cash is invested for both the short, medium, and long term. Now, the first bucket should probably be something very short term, uh, maybe three to six months of of expenses. And this is what most people should, should have, but probably a little bit more, especially when you're in retirement. And should be in a high yield savings account today, not earning very much. Unfortunately, half a percent or so is probably what to, the best you're going to get. And you have to understand your income in context to uh, potentially lower cost of living in retirement because you're not maybe not not commuting, not buying new shoes, new new clothes, nearly as much uh, money on gas, etc. You're not going out to to lunch for uh, when you're at work, things like that. And you have to balance that out with potentially spending more as well. You could travel more. uh, You could have higher medical bills. Maybe you move to a new city that's more expensive uh, or less expensive and and understanding that in context. And so making sure that that's right sized. So you don't want to have too much in these lower yielding savings account, but enough to make sure you have some stability there. And then you have the medium term. The medium term are kind of short term bonds that won't be influenced by a, a lot of future market volatility. Uh, so make sure that is, that is right sized as well. That's probably another three to six months uh, of, of money. So that, that year worth of, of cash that should be relatively safe, especially in retirement and in context to your overall expenses. Now, the bottom line is that if you are approaching retirement, you need to have a plan. You need to run the numbers. And there's multiple factors. There's a lot of retirement calculators online that have just a few crude figures. And the reality is life is a lot more complex than that. For example, Social Security. Your spouse might take it at 62, and then you might wait all the way till. 70 until you take full your, your, your social security because you're going to get the higher of the two, et cetera. And there's a strategy behind that. Most retirement calculators aren't accounting for that. Maybe, maybe you have a pension and there's a survivor benefit. And so planning for what that would be in retirement. Maybe you plan to downsize, maybe not today, but three years from now, five years from now into a smaller home and making sure that is calculated as well. So make sure you have a professional that can help you Keep track of your goals, which obviously is retirement, but maybe it's something else. Maybe you want to make sure you leave a million dollars to your kids or your grandkids. These are all things that you have to consider, uh, and that's why I encourage everyone to have a plan. And the earlier you start, and a lot of people in their 30s or 40s think, I don't need a plan. Uh, it's too far away. Well, it's good to have a plan. We do it with our clients. Start a plan and make adjustments over time. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the best way to go because then you have your decision-making in context to that broader plan and investment future. Now, when, when people take time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for the courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So we're going to get to a few of these questions now, but I want to make it clear. We still love, love your calls. We want you to call in. Uh, we're still going to answer your question in a timely manner. So just because we're answering these uh, reviews doesn't mean that your call-in questions aren't valued. So make sure you keep calling in as well. We love those. Now, let's go. We're going to talk to Jeff in Alabama. He's asking, he says, I would like to get your take on Porsche Automotive, symbol P-O-A-H-Y, would this company make a good long-term dividend play in the automotive industry and EV space? Love your podcast. Keep up, keep up the good work. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, this is actually a name that uh, I own in, in, in my uh, separate account, my 401k, uh, and does yield about 2.5%. And they have a stake in Volkswagen now. And, and the valuation spread is actually too high. In my mind, Uh, if you're looking at if you're crunching the numbers and and the amount of ownership they have in Volkswagen and so I, I think this is a still a great purchase a much better buy than Volkswagen if you're picking between the two also. Honest O'Malley says, Steve, QuantumScape has come up on the show before. Are you still personally invested in QS? Justin Stitt said he might be interested in the high teens. I realize it's a bet on Volkswagen and their faith in QS, scaling up battery innovation. Uh, now, Steve is off for the week. Uh, he's on uh, vacation. But guess what? We're getting into those almost into those teens. We're at 21 on QS. Uh, I'm not sure if he still owns it. Uh, but I'm looking for uh, about $14 a share. That's the area that makes me... Been interested. Now we're at 21. That's still 30% down from here. So I'm taking it easy, exercising a lot of patience, and it's definitely paid off with this one. Remember, this is a story. This is a potential. So you don't want to take too much risk, and there needs to be a good risk versus reward there. At 14, I think it's good. At 21, not so much. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this question is e commerce cooling now, and will there be a holiday? Shipping surge that story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? com hacker1.com
0: let's take a quick look at your financial to do list at the top make that phone call to the invest talk anytime listener line steve peasley and justin klein will provide unbiased answers to your questions invest talk eight 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 ninety nine chart
1: let's go to jordan Down here in Dana Point, just one city south of me, looking at MGM. Do you own it or looking to buy it?
4: I own it. I uh, bought a while ago. It's done quite well, and it's slowly Mm
1: -hmm. been kind of dipping down. So I'm just wondering if now is the time to get out or if it's a good hold. Well, the gaming companies in general, the the casino companies is when I say gaming, uh, they have been pulling back here a bit, and I think MGM is just going along with that particular trend. In fact, uh, it's actually pulled back far less than than a lot of the the names, so uh that 's a positive from a technical perspective it 's still in an uptrend above its two hundred day moving average average now below it 's fifty and hundred though so that 's a bit worrisome uh from a fundamental perspective however you know how how expensive is it uh, it 's definitely not cheap anymore, and it operates most of its business A lot of people look at Las Vegas sands and Wynn. most of their revenue comes from Macau now. MGM does have some Macau operations, but that's not the majority of their their revenue. The majority of the revenue comes from the Las Vegas Strip, where they have 35,000 guest rooms. And uh, so it's really a play on Las Vegas, which I know is coming back pretty strong. Uh, but it's also a very competitive landscape. And so I just don't get excited for MGM in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the – uh, the casino industry and, and other gaming uh, companies, it doesn't get me excited. So I would just have an out on the of the 200-day moving average. If it breaks below that, right now it's about 35, we're at 38 and change now, uh, so less than 10% from here. If it breaks below that, then I would probably get out. But I would keep with the trend in general, which is up, it is outperforming uh, compared to other gaming companies and therefore I would be in the hold mode but i would be cautious for a potential break lower now this could be the start of a major downtrend but it's not giving me clear indications of that yet but i don't get excited about holding this long term thanks for the call 8899 chart 889924278 let's touch on Chinese stocks, Macau uh, in general, and or, or in China in general, but we just talked about Macau a little bit. And certainly there's some ramifications and some impact on, on the Macau gaming market. And you're seeing that with some of the, the wider gaming names. Uh, but what's happening in China is that there is a crackdown on mainly Internet companies who are maybe getting a little bit too secure. In their position in the Chinese economy, and it looks like the the government there is cracking down, and it's a campaign to rein in the big tech companies for monopolistic behavior and trying to bring a little financial stability. I know this sounds weird, but volatility is actually good for financial stability. It's actually good. When you get people used to, oh, this could go down, that means people take uh, less leverage, uh, they don't take as much risk, and uh, they're more apt to be less overly bullish and get their portfolios off sides, shall we say. And this is part of that. Now the flagship Hang Seng Index dropped 4.2 percent today, and if you look at the broad that index year to date is now down 26 percent, and so people are starting to worry about the raft of regulations that are coming out to try to rein in these type of companies. You've seen that with the Ant Group and their public uh, their IPO uh, that didn't go off because of. Uh, you know, behind the scenes things with Alibaba and and the Chinese Communist Party. And they have a lot of power there. And this is one of the risks of dealing with a regime like the CCP. They're going to kind of do whatever they want. And sometimes that's good for business. Sometimes that's very bad for business. And so they're kind of clipping the wings of certain sectors. Part of it is to focus on quality. Maybe get rid, uh, shake out the graft and the fraud that is in a lot of these names. For example, the uh, what is it? The after-school tutoring industry. That's another area that they're trying to curtail a lot of. Let's just say fraud. Edu, for example, the New Oriental Education Technology Group, that's down. From $20 a share at its peak in February, now down to $2.19, down 90% from its peak. And so this just goes to show you that no sector, no area of the, the economy or the markets are infallible. And political risk is a thing, especially in countries like China. And so... If you ever invest in these companies, you need to know this. You need to know that there is this level of political risk that can rear its ugly head at any time. And that's why I've been saying for months and really years that these Chinese companies, they're just not exciting investment opportunities because it's all about a story and the numbers you can't trust. And you have a government behind a lot of these companies that can kind of do whatever they want. There's no checks and balances there. It's all whatever they want to do behind the scenes. And once again, sometimes that's good for business. Sometimes that's bad. And right now, it's bad. Now, let's keep things moving and to pivot back to the Best Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. You know the number. As always, it's 888 Hi, my name is Mike. I was looking for your take
0: on the company Palantir PLPR. There's a lot of talk about it, I believe, when this company first went onto the market. just seems like it's going nowhere but downhill since then. i bought in, uh, but
1: basically, this stock has done nothing but go down for probably three months now. Thanks. I listen to your show every day. All right. Well, this is Palantir Technologies. This is one of the recent hyped IPOs, a $40 billion market cap. Today down fifty one point eight percent from its fifty two week high of forty five dollars a share. Now we're at twenty one sixty eight. The, the technicals are kind of neutral. Is in this range between, let's say eighteen and twenty eight for the past four months or so. Really since the month of uh, March, and. It's a recent IPO. One IPO, what was this, uh, in October of last year, only supposed to make $0.20 cents a share next year. Now, what do they do? Let's, let's, let's go to there. Well, they provide organizations with solutions to manage large, disparate data sets to attempt to gain insight and drive operational outcomes. This is all about big data and crunching. Big data, and they focus on governmental Intelligence and defense sector So they are a big Supplier of AI and uh, Machine learning uh, And uh, cr- number crunching for the U.S. government And that's really what's Attracting a lot of the hype Now the big question is, what is that worth? Is that worth $40 billion And if you look at Uh, The cash flows, the cash flows are definitely improving, so that's a positive. If you look at, let's go to operating cash flow here, trailing 12 months, $100 million, and that's improving dramatically. A year ago, that was negative $300 million, and so they've gone a long way to improving that cash flow, improving profitability, but it's still a $40 billion dollar company doing $100 billion in operating cash, $100 million in operating cash flow. That's high multiple. Enterprise value to revenue, 32 times. We all know anything above 10, historically, is pretty expensive. Anything above 20 is extremely expensive. Now we're at 32. Now they are growing their revenue, but 40 50% year over year, solid, great, but not 100%, 200% like the multiple would suggest. And so I'm going to pass on it. I'm going to pass on Palantir, the, the recent IPO tech space. A lot of these are very overvalued, and this is just one of them. Now, back in the good old days, radio DJs would play two records in a row and call it a twin spin. So I'm going to play our InvestTalk version of a twin spin now. Two caller questions in a row.
2: Hey, this is Caspian Cohen from the Bay Area I just started listening to Invest Talk a couple of weeks ago and I've really enjoyed what I've been learning. Just wondering, it seems like a lot of people call in and ask you to look up stocks on the fly and get your opinion on it. Just wondering, is there a particular search engine that you guys use to find the information about a specific stock so quickly? Like, are you just Googling it or? Looking it up via a particular search engine, would love to know, because it seems like you always have the necessary technical ratios for each stock pretty readily accessible. So I wanted to know how I could be uh, looking into doing that myself. So thanks so
1: much. Bye-bye. Well, first off, the best systems you have to pay for. Unfortunately, we pay for uh, multiple. One is YCharts has great data sets, both on individual companies, sectors, mutual funds, and economic data as well. So we can track that. So that's a, that's where we get a lot of our granular, granular data. Uh, Morningstar is also a fantastic resource where there's premium, which we pay for obviously more deeper dives into, uh, ETFs, mutual funds, and individual companies, uh, and, and more, uh, portfolio construction tools that you get when you're premium, uh, but even if you're not premium, you want to go on Morningstar, you can look up companies, go to key ratios. You can get 10 years of good data, balance sheet data, cash flow data, et cetera. That's pretty – that's free, uh, and that's a good way to go. Uh, you know, we have others as well, some stuff uh, from our broker, TD Ameritrade. We get some stuff there. Uh, we have bond data, uh, research, all types of different research that we – bring together to make our decisions and i'm looking at probably 30 to 40% of what we would look at to do our research for an individual company uh, that we're buying for clients so i'm it's kind of the start Obviously, I don't have time to go through uh, every company. If I really wanted to unpack everything, it would take hours to really read the right reports and really come to distill the pros and the cons. But I'm giving you the best I can based on the d- quick data hits that I'm looking up initially. And so uh, that's why I always say it's, my answers are a good start. I try to give you the pros and the cons, both technically and fundamentally, uh, and with that backdrop of the economy, growth and inflation, uh, and what sectors and, and uh, asset classes should do well. Uh, but ultimately, you have to go back and do your own research as well, on top of what I'm saying, and uh, my opinion, because once again, I can be wrong. We're all all wrong from time to time. And so you need to make sure that the position that you're looking at is right for you and the risk reward that it has you are comfortable with now in most parts of the country you don't have to look at the calendar to know that summer is here quite warm outside in a lot of areas phoenix hit 103 degrees today we have a lot of listeners in new york city i have a friend that's out there temperatures there 90 degrees he said it was pretty nice there i'm actually going to phoenix the next weekend i think next weekend And summer is well underway. And so while the temperature heats up, the scrutiny on your portfolio should also heat up. Days like today are a good example of that volatility that you're seeing. And then understanding how your portfolio is handling it. Were you down more than the market, less than the market? What sectors did well? What sectors did not? Does that mean you should switch your portfolio? Readjust your portfolio? That's a question everybody should be answering. And if you need help answering that question, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our company, KPP Financial, where we operate with the same philosophy, independent thinking and shared success. And how do we do that? It means we implement unbiased guidance and practice parallel investing, meaning we invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to reach out and take advantage of our free portfolio review assessments via telephone or go to meeting. Send us a message through investtalk.com. Or call our KPP financial office in Irvine, California, 800-557-5461. Yeah, it's an 800 number. That means we've been around since the early 90s. Now, speak with us for a few minutes. We can help you. Maybe we can't, but give you some perspective and some advice. Now, let's take a call right now from Ramon in Pico Rivera asking about Las Vegas Sands.
2: Hello, Justin. Can you hear me? Yes. All right, thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, I was wondering if you could—I uh, don't want to—I don't want to be catching a falling knife. I was wondering if you could take a look at uh, uh, LVS, Larry, Victor, uh, Sand, and see if there is a good entry point for it.
1: Yeah, the the major support is going to come in right around thirty-eight, thirty-nine dollars a share. So I would be on the lookout for that as a potential. Uh, support level And once again, Las Vegas Sands is, is heavily tied to Macau, and I know they own The Venetian, the Palazzo In Vegas, but the vast majority of their Business comes from Macau, so when The Chinese market becomes upset Companies like Macau uh, Come upset become upset. But I don't think this is an area that The Chinese government is going to really crack down on I think this is more being, baby being Thrown out the bathwater, because They're not... Los, Macau is all about the government and, and allowing them to dictate the rules. Uh, what the government's trying to do in China right now is to crack down on the tech companies more than anything. And, and Las Vegas Sands is just simply not one of those. So uh, I do think this is a buying opportunity. Now, where does it go ultimately? And where is that all, uh, ultimate support level? We'll see. Uh, I think a lot will come down to the the volume. That's what I would be looking for. Is where is where does major volume come in? You've had some accelerated volume over the past couple of days, but nothing that just screams capitulation. And uh, that's what I'd be looking for. That sub forty level uh, with major volume, and that's when I would be picking up Las Vegas Sands. Thanks for the call. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal each and every day here on Invest Talk. And that's help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. I know that's hard, it requires a lot of information and uh, constant work and discipline and data. And we want to be one resource for you to make good decisions so that you can achieve whatever goals you might have. Some people that's uh, retirement, some people sending the kids to college, and uh, a lot of people have other goals as well. But give us a call at 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls
1: live. 888-99-CHART. Now, let's get to more iTunes review questions and talk to Doug in Missouri. He's asking, what are your thoughts on JEF, Jeffries Financial Group? Thanks. Now, Jeffries is one of the smaller investment banks in the world, $8 billion market cap. I know that sounds like a lot, but you compare it to uh, Goldman Sachs, which is the largest, that's $127 uh, billion. So much smaller than that, more niche. Their business has been booming along with a lot of the investment banks. They're uh, less than a dollar a share in 2017. Now they're supposed to make $4.85 this year, but $3 and change next year, down 37%. So I don't like that. Uh, so if I'm going to bet on the space, which that's what it would be, I'm betting on the the investment banking space, I want to own a bigger, more profitable one. And now, I'm not saying you buy Goldman Sachs, but good example is Goldman Sachs, historically, return equity, kind of average over the last decade, the low teens, as opposed to Jeffrey's, kind of mid to low single digits. So the profitability just is not there over the long term, and their business is a lot more volatile, as well as their cash flows. So uh, I'm going to pass on Jeffries. Now, podcast addict 69 says, with Intel announcing bad numbers and delays with new chips, I was wondering if AMD was a good stock. I own the stock and just want to get your take on them with earnings coming up and they are slowly taking market share from Intel. Now, your thesis, the problem with your thesis is, it's known by the market. It's been known by the market for a long time now that AMD's technology has, in some ways, caught up with Intel. Now, uh, when it comes to gaming, Intel's is probably still better. There are different applications where AMD uh, is uh, is better and Intel is better. Uh, it just depends on your needs. Uh, but they're they're close now. Whereas five, ten, fifteen years from now uh, ago, AMD's processes were far far inferior uh to intel's but that's kind of priced in here and earnings this year are expected to be 216 270 next year uh and so i think a lot of the valuation we're trading at 44 times earnings that's kind of built in the technicals are just kind of ho-hum right they've been, they've been really consolidating up here in the the 80 to 90 range for the past almost a year now and And so that's why I'm going to pass on AMD. Your thesis is good, but it's just simply not – it's just simply built into the stock. Uh, And frankly, the stock is overvalued. So I'm going to pass on AMD. Now, we also had an iTunes question today from Travis asking about Playboy. Hopefully, we covered Playboy earlier in the the podcast. So uh, hopefully, that answered your question. So thank you all for your iTunes reviews. But once again, I encourage all of you to continue to call in. We love the voicemail questions as well. Now, before I close, I want to touch on paying down your mortgage and ways you can save on interest over time. Obviously, you can make extra point extra mortgage payments every year. A lot of people get paid twice, or sorry, three times. If you get paid every other week, you get two months out of the year where you get two paychecks, or three paychecks, excuse me. Uh, and using that to maybe... Pay down your mortgage. That's a good way to utilize that money. If you're being conservative, uh, you could also make a lump sum if you have inheritance, wound, windfall. You can recast your mortgage. Uh, but one, ex- I think the most important thing or the easiest thing is to pay your mortgage early. Hopefully, you can do it online. Submit that. Do it. Don't do it on the payment date. Do it earlier if you have the money, and that can slowly whittle down your. Your payment as well, and make sure that if you do send an extra payment, you denote that that this is an extra payment to your mortgage to the principal. Otherwise, they may apply that towards a future payment. Now, how much money could you save? Well, they use th- this this uh, gave an example of a hundred twenty thousand dollar mortgage, so small mortgage, four and a half percent rates. So that's a little high, a lot higher than you're going to get today. Uh, but in that case, the mortgage and in interest was six hundred eight dollars a month. If you make hundred dollars more in payment every single month. So 708 versus 608. So about a 15% increase in that payment that cuts down your time to pay that off by by almost by seven and a half years. You pay it off in 22 and a half years as opposed to 30 years. That's the simplest way is just add a little more to each payment. make sure it's a separate check, like I said, going to the principal. Think about it, does it? I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. You can get your free Mm -hmm. downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, InvestTalk.com, where you can browse by topic, whatever is on your mind, interest rates, precious metals, treasury yields, whatever it is, we are here to serve you. And you can find those topics over there on InvestTalk.com. And be sure to rate and review. And if you leave a question... With your rating, we will prioritize your answer, but don't forget to call as well. Independent thinking, shared success, this is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue
3: inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.